Oh, thanks, Ben. So this morning, we're going to be looking at big faith. Who here has ever believed for something big? And let me know you're alive out there today. Thank you. We're all in this together, amen. Yeah. And how many times when you looked at that big thing you were believing for, did you also look at your circumstances and doubt? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Okay, just let me get set up here. So when you had that big circumstance and something that required a lot of faith, did it happen or didn't it? Yeah, that's great, praise God. If it didn't, why didn't it? What are the consequences of us not exercising our faith? Well, when I was studying this this word out to bring to you this morning, it actually really convicted me and hit me pretty hard. Can we bring up that first slide, please, Dave? The consequences of not exercising faith. Let's have a look. Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please him. There it is, without faith. How many times have we gone through life and known that we've needed to exercise our faith, yet haven't? I know I'm guilty of that. And when we look at Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight paths. So what's that telling us? Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't look at those circumstances. And the passage we're going to look at soon is all about (laughs) looking at circumstances and how I don't know if I was in that situation, I would have had the faith. But as we reflect on what God has for us this morning through the word, I'd like you to really think about where are you at with your faith? Are you a big faith person? Are you just starting out in your journey? Is this something that you're learning more about? Because for me, with the story of the ten virgins, where there were five wise and five foolish, and the five foolish who didn't have their lamps full, they weren't ready and had to go and get oil, missed the coming of the bridegroom. What did Jesus say to them? I never knew you. Oh, that hit me. I never knew you. Is that what he would say when I don't exercise my faith? That's pretty scary. I, that hit me pretty hard. So that's something to really think about. So I really, really would like you to, as we're reading through the word this morning and as we're reflecting on what God has, that think about are you in the middle of something right now that requires a lot of faith? And where are you at with that? Are you doing what God has commanded us to do, what we were just looking at? Or are you looking at your circumstances? Are you in a court battle? Are you looking at the circumstances? Are you in financial hardship? Are you looking at your circumstances? I could give a multitude of examples, but you get the gist. 
Nick and I have been, in our first seven years of marriage, we were in and out of family court fighting for kids, dealing with family court. It was a nightmare. We were fairly new Christians. We're talking how long ago? 20, 20 years ago, maybe a bit less. And we were learning. <laughs> but who knows here? Who's been through court for whatever reason? You really are completely taken by the circumstances and you really need to pray a lot, have prayer for you to get through such tough situations to not look at your circumstances, amen? It's a tough gig having the right faith sometimes when we need it. And what's, what's the consequence? That God will say, I never knew you? <sighs> that hit hard. So we're going to look at a passage this morning, if we can have that one up, thanks Dave, in Exodus 14, 19 to 31, and I need to keep an eye on the time here too, okay. And this is Moses parting the sea, and we're going to really look at this passage, so there's a fair bit of scripture to get through, so if you'd like to take notes, that's okay too. So then the angel of God who had been travelling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front, from in front and stood behind them. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel, throughout the night the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall of water on their left. That still blows my mind. The Egyptians pursued them and all the Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud and the Egyptian army and threw them into, into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving and the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. When Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back to, into place, the Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept, him, swept them into the sea. We're nearly there. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and a wall on their left. The day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. That's a lot. That's a really loaded passage. So if we can go back to the first slide. Thanks, Dave. Yep. I want us to have a look at this because there's really three main pieces of really pertinent information in this, this passage. And when I was studying it out, it really hit me and something hit me that hasn't before. Let's have a look. So then the angel of God who had been travelling in front of Israel's army withdrew, went behind them, the pillar of cloud also moved from in front 
and behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the whole night. What is that? That's a positioning, isn't it? It's a positioning of what's to come. I don't know if Moses knew what was going to happen, but when I thought about my own circumstances, have I recognised the positioning that God has done before our breakthrough has come? No, not always. And I'm not saying that there always is a positioning, but God knows when we're going to exercise our faith and we sang about it just before, even when we don't see it, you're working. So angels and God were working on this situation, positioning before the miracle happened. That's pretty big, isn't it? You can let me know you're alive out there. It's too quiet in here. <laughs> I like to hear your voices. Don't you agree that's pretty massive? That there was a positioning, that God was making way before Moses acted and did anything. I thought that was really huge. So if we go to the next one. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night drove the sea back. Okay, so here's now Moses acting on his faith. Did he doubt that he could hold a sea back? That's like standing on the shore of Mindel Beach, looking across to Mandora and saying, okay, sea part. It sounds almost comical, doesn't it? But how's that any different to what Moses did? I mean, fair enough, we don't have, well, in the natural, we wouldn't have an army chasing us, but we might have some things that are happening to us that are an army coming against us because the enemy will use whatever. He will find your Achilles heel and he'll press on it and he'll send through whatever it is that's going to bring you down. Just saying. <laughs> it happens. If you're a Christian, the devil hates you and that's what's going to happen. But where do we stand in that with our faith? How does this relate to us? So he stretched out his hand and commanded the sea to part and the wind came. And all night long, it says here, that God kept those, those big walls of water. Uh, you know, we've seen, we've watched movies where, where they reenact this and, and it's incredible how they, they it's, you would think that that's as accurate as it could have been. And you look at this massive wall of water, the sea just, it just blows my mind. But that happened through an act of faith. Amen. Moses had the faith. He heard from God. God spoke, then it's going to happen. What a great man of faith. I need more of that. <laughs> yeah, it just, just blew me away. And then you've got the enemy coming after them. So then as he's moving through and the, the, the army's coming through, the second act of Moses' faith, God spoke to him and said, now speak to the water to go back over and drown all of the army. Victory. The enemy was overcome. So how's this relevant in our circumstances that might be happening now? Do we have that faith to move that massive thing that we're going through? It might not be us, it might be family members, a um, little bit of personal information. Nick and I, none of our children are coming to church. We've got 
between the six of them. Two of them don't speak to us at all. Um, we're sort of rebuilding relationships. It's, it's big. And that's been our Achilles heel is our kids. Since we got together and first got married, then we've been fighting for kids right from the start. We've never wavered from church. We have always said we will continue to be Christians and believers. When they were young enough, that was an expectation. They came to church with us, but then obviously they get older. They start making their own decisions. We never changed. They did. So that's big. That's, that's big. That's, that's a sea to us, is having the faith to believe that our children are all going to end up back with God in church as a family with us. Circumstances look nothing like it right now. But we pray for our kids all the time, and I just know God's got them. And there's really little we can do about it right now except pray for them and believe. And I know we're not the only ones, you know. It's, it's rough as Christians, young Christians these days, coming through pre-teen, teen. There's a lot of pressure on them. So we pray in the pre-service prayer, most Sunday mornings, we pray for our kids as they move through those stages in their life. And if you ever need prayer for anything like that, please let us know. Let me know for the prayer chain. Be happy to add that. But coming back to the, the scripture, if we can have the slide back up, Dave. Sorry, I hope it hasn't malfunctioned. <laughs> okay, what are we up to? Stretched out your hand over the sea. So here we see the act of faith, big faith. And what happened as a result of that? If we can go to the next slide. The waters flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen and the entire army of Pharaoh had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. Wow. But they went through, the, the Israelites went through on dry ground, but the entire Egyptian army was wiped out. And that was all an act of faith on Moses' part. God, of course, but God needs us to action that faith. Amen? He needs us to say, seize part, whatever it is that we have, that we're going through, it's up to us to action the faith. Are we studying the word? Are we learning what God has for us? Are we praying? Are we focusing on him each day as our circumstances come towards us? Are we moving towards God with our faith? And if we go to the last slide... Not the last one, the next one. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. No, that's it, is it? Okay, oh, yes, it is, right. So here we see the victory. The enemy was overcome, and now the people feared the Lord and put their faith in Moses. So there's always going to be that cohort of people, I know that's a trainer speaking in me, sorry, but there's always going to be that section of people who need to see to believe. How many of you have come across that? You've met people, you're talking about your faith, you might even be Christians talking amongst each other. Nick has said it to me, unfortunately. Oh, you're here, you made it. <laughs> he had a call out. You know, I need to see that before I can believe it. Well, okay. You know, I find that, uh, I struggle with that because I don't want to be like one of those five foolish virgins who God says, I never knew you. Doesn't that scare you? It does me. You're getting too quiet. <laughs> it 
It's, it's huge. And if we want to experience the degree of breakthrough that we see here in this passage with Moses, with the, with the sea parting, we need to be willing to believe without seeing. We need to action our faith. We need to pray. We need to be ready and willing to acknowledge the positioning when it's happening. I think for me, that's the biggest standout, is the beginning of this passage where there's a positioning of the angels, positioning of of the circumstances to get ready for the breakthrough. Has anyone ever really thought about that before? Because I know I really didn't, thank you. That's good. Because for me, when I was studying this out, I thought, "Mm, wow, how many times have I missed the positioning that's showing me God's here and God's at work and it's going to happen. So the, the, the three things to really focus on here in this, in this passage is firstly the positioning, secondly actioning of your faith, stepping out and saying, yep, okay, if, if God, if you bring me to it, you're going to bring me through it. Amen. And then seeing the breakthrough. So, you know, I would love it if, you know, if we, if, if we could allow everybody at some stage to come up and talk about their personal uh, testimonies. I love hearing testimonies. I don't know about you. I've got one for you I'm going to bring to you. That really speaks to this. Now, I think it's, it's one thing to be in church, hear the word, look at scripture this way, look at passages, unpack it, see what it all means. But putting that into action is usually quite different when you're facing circumstances in the natural, amen? It can be quite different because you're dealing with your emotions, you're dealing with other people, you're dealing with things that shouldn't be but are beyond our control a lot of the times. And that's hard. So back in 2011, I'm going to give you a story of faith. I didn't feel it at the time, but what God did, I'll ask you when to bring that slide up. Not yet. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Back in 2011, so Nick's a hunter. Back then he was bow hunting. He he shoots as well, but loves his hunting. Most men here, it's hunting or fishing, right? (laughs) It's one or the other. And he was part of a bow club and he was getting ready to go on a hunting trip with, with the boys. And they'd planned to, there was a, a, a lot of them that were gonna go on a convoy. It was down Daly River, wasn't it? Daly River. So Nick had spent, as he usually does, most of the night packing up his car, putting his quad bike on the back, packing up all his gear, because I think it was gonna be a week long trip. So, you know, he needed to make sure he had everything. So he spent a lot of time packing and it was quite late by the time he finished. But I had a quickening in my spirit that something bad was gonna happen and I actually asked him to not go. And I kinda knew what the answer would be because he, he didn't, at that time, understand the gravity of why I was asking if he wouldn't go. But I started praying from that moment. So he went to bed, he got maybe an hour or two hours sleep and that already is a recipe for disaster. 
He got up in the early hours and he left. And I just had this thing, I've got to keep praying, I've got to keep praying. And at 8.30 that morning, I got a phone call that Nick had had an accident. And he was travelling on dirt road out to, towards Daly River uh, and he'd lost control. There was a sign that was supposed to be on a corner that wasn't there anymore, he was travelling too fast and the car just catapulted. How many times did you roll? 20? We ran 20 times, he rolled? 45 metres through the bush. Now we can have a look at that slide. Thanks, Dave. This was his car. It was pretty catastrophic. Now, the car was actually on its side, where you can see my daughter putting her hand in. And there's so many miracles that happened in this, in this story, but where he was sitting was almost completely preserved. He actually got out of the car, but he couldn't make it out at the front. And thank God, literally thank God, that the guy that decided he was going to go with him as a passenger changed his mind at the last minute, okay? Because that wouldn't have ended well. So Nick said he saw, I don't know, a gap of light this big. And he somehow managed to get out of that. He crawled his way out. So the, the police arrived. Firstly, the first guy that was in the convoy arrived behind them and he was a retired paramedic. He saw Nick, they, they thought it was a fatality. They weren't expecting it to be good. Next thing, Nick appears walking around the car, but he didn't like what he saw. Um, Nick's eyes were really yellow, something to do with internal bleeding, I don't know, but they rushed him to the clinic. The police arrived expecting a fatality. It wasn't a fatality, he was there, but he was in the clinic. So he spent the whole day down there waiting for care flight. That weekend, there were three other accidents that were fatalities that CareFlight were going to, and because they were fatalities, Nick had to wait. So here he was, braced up, down at the clinic. I didn't see him until 4.30pm that, that day. So anyway, he, he was airlifted to Darwin. And again, I just kept praying and praying. I just had this peace. But it's funny, because the guy who rang me that, to tell me that Nick had had an accident said to Nick, geez, your wife was calm. <laughs> And I was like, oh, he must have thought I didn't care. Like, <laughs> I did care, but I just, because I'd had that quickening and I'd had, and I was praying, I was just praying for the angels to protect him and keep him safe, that he wouldn't die. <laughs> uh, just, just something, I was just exercising faith. So, yes, I was calm, probably I sounded calm, but inside I was like, I just need to see him. So anyway, long story short... He, um, he came to the hospital and they did all checks on him. Everything came back clear. And I think uh, there was a couple of scratches on his head. He had developed since then, unfortunately. He's developed vertigo. But there was a cut on the back of his head. And um, one, when the brace came off and all of the x-rays were coming back clear that there was nothing broken or anything like that, we took him in for a shower and the nurse said, um, look... I'm going to have to stitch up the back of his head. There's quite a gash there. But shower him first and we've got to get... There was so much glass just all in, in his skin, in his clothes, everywhere. Took him in, showered him, washed out all the blood out of his hair, got it all clean, came back 
and she came out to stitch his head up. She couldn't find the gash. <laughs> the gash wasn't there. <laughs> so it had healed. So that's, I wasn't going to go there with this. I wanted to talk about what God did for us, but I feel the Holy Spirit's asking me to share this because that in itself is miraculous. So three days later, he came home from hospital, a few grazes on his forehead. That was about it. Um, he has developed vertigo, unfortunately, since then. That's an ongoing faith thing that we're praying for. But we were left with this. But it gets worse. We had no insurance. <laughs> so the insurance had lapsed. And now we're talking back then, we were on one income and we had not much money. Like young kids at home, like I was working, but it wasn't a huge amount. So we'd let the insurance lapse. And you know, as you do sometimes, she'll be right, it'll be right. Nothing will happen. <laughs> Trust me, don't do that. Because <laughs> this happened. Everything was written off. He had a quad bike on the back. He had a brand new generator that he never got to use, gone. Everything was strewn throughout the bush. We, I think we estimated about $60,000 worth of damage that we couldn't replace. So that was Nick's work car as well, Nick's a plumber. That was his work car. So now we're left with no work car for Nick. All of that gone, written off. Two weeks after that, our family car broke down beyond repair and we were advised not to drive it anymore, it's finished. So here we were, five kids at home. Nick's lost his work car. We've now lost the family car. We've got no car. Oh, that was rough. And I said to Nick specifically, I know God's not gonna leave us here. I just know he's not gonna leave us here. Something's gonna happen. We just need to keep believing, have faith. It was hard though. I'm sure that you can all relate, you know, particularly men, you're providing for your family. Now he doesn't have a car, how's he gonna do that? So we went to church, we let people know what was happening and we asked the church family to pray for us and we we're asking people to pray for us. Now I can't remember the time frames, um, how long it was, but what came first? I think the money came, the what? The ute came first, right. So we were in church one Sunday morning and it wasn't long after, I reckon four weeks, four or five weeks after this happened, um, one of our church family members came up and said, Nick, God's spoken to me and he wants me to give you my car. And he gave Nick a Holden ute, <laughs> which was like, oh, wow, just blown away. So there's, there's the first thing, Nick's got a car, he can start working again. Didn't want any money for it, just said, no, nope, God's spoken to me and, and it's yours. So praise God for that. That was great. So then we had this ute, but we still had five kids and with no other way to travel around. I mean, there was bus, of course, but, you know, as you mums would know, when you've got young kids and you're driving to school and here, there and everywhere, you need a vehicle. So probably two weeks, two to four weeks after that, we were then presented with $10,000 to go and buy ourselves a family car. Someone just gave us the money, said they heard from God, here's the money. So we were provided for. So suddenly this that seemed so catastrophic and if we had kept looking at the natural was devastating, we got breakthrough and victory as God provided. 
Amen? And that is something we will never forget, that we were able to continue on, God provided, and that's big. They're big things. $10,000 is a lot of money in my books. That's a lot of money for someone to give. Amen? And someone giving their car is also pretty huge. Would you do that? I'd struggle with that. I have to be honest. But if God speaks to you about something, it is so important that we're obedient. Because the consequences of not doing what God asks, we've already looked at. So where are you at with that, with your faith? We've looked at some pretty meaty stuff. We really have. Looking at, you can take that down now, thanks Dave. I think we've seen enough. <laughs> it's a big reminder. You know, we've looked at Moses, such a great man of faith. The positioning before that miracle of parting the sea. Then the victory of being the, uh, the, the enemy being overcome. That gives me so much faith and encouragement, just looking at that. That if God can do that through Moses, who is just a human like us, then why can't it happen for us here and now? Can anyone give me any reasons why not? Is there any reason why we shouldn't be able to stand at Mindel Beach and, and part the sea to walk across to Mandura? <laughs> well, is there? <laughs> How is that any different? Like I said, we don't have an army chasing us. Not in the natural. I don't know, you might do. You might have an army after you. But how are you going to part that sea of what's before you, what you're facing? We don't need to do anything different to what Moses did. He simply obeyed God's command. Speak to the sea, Moses. Speak to your circumstances. Speak victory. Amen? Do not look to the right or the left at the big walls of water. Do not look to what's happening, the circumstances, because God's greater than all of that. Amen? And he has already positioned us. How has he already positioned us? He sent his son, Jesus, to die for us, to set us free so that we can walk in faith and be Christians and walk on this earth victorious. Amen? The enemy cannot have any part in anything that we do. He cannot win because he's already been defeated through the blood. So this morning, this is a big, a big thing, really, isn't it? It's, it's, the, it's the essence of Christianity, is our faith. If we're not walking in faith, if we're not exercising our faith, then how can we be an example to others? How can we be that light that God has commanded us to be in the community if we're not having faith ourselves? If we're panicking, if we're full of anxiety all the time, and trust me, I know anxiety. I've come through five years of working with the government NDIS, working in hierarchies, government departments. It's just, it's toxic, it's not good. And you go to work anxious all the time. But God had, he's delivered me through that as well. And that is another testimony of, of faith. And I just knew, God, I know you're here. I'm going to hang on. I know you've got this. I know you're going to get me through this and, and get me into better, a better place. And he has. 
and he will for you because all you need to do is exercise that faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That is enough for me. I don't want to not please God. So even if it's small, in another scripture we've got, as small as a grain of mustard seed, that size, even that's enough faith. Doesn't that encourage you? Even that much faith. You can action what God has for you. You can step out in faith. Start with the small mustard seed and let it grow from there. Let it be an exercise. You might not be... You might think to yourself, well, I'm actually not really a very faithful person. I, I look at my circumstances a lot and I let them overwhelm me. Most of us are in that position a lot of the times in our lives. But come back to, open your Bible. What does God say? He tells us to not look at our circumstances. Exercise that mustard seed of faith. Step out. Look at the passage we've just looked at. Recognise the positioning that's happening around you. Recognise it for what it is. People talk about coincidence and, oh, you know, this is, look, I don't believe in any of that. It's God. And God does things for us all the time. And it's about recognising, ah, okay, God, I see what you're doing. Okay, well, you've started that. I'm going to continue to walk out the rest and I'm going to action my faith by speaking to that circumstance because you've called me to do it. You've equipped me to do it. And I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because it's not us in our flesh. When we exercise faith, we're inviting the Holy Spirit in. We're inviting God's army in. And we have so much more power in that. Amen? It's not us in our own strength. We are nothing in our own strength. I know I'm nothing without God. I know that. So let's step into that power. Let's step into what God has. And let's see it work. Let's see those victories. Let's hear those testimonies of what God has done. Amen? And let's use those testimonies to strengthen our brothers and sisters, to strengthen those people out there who need to know God, because end times are near and the kingdom is nowhere near big enough. We've got a lot of work to do. And we really need to be exercising our faith so that we can give hope to the faithless. We can show them who God is and how powerful he is and what he can do. Amen? That's what we should be doing as believers. And I'm certainly not minimising people's circumstances. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We, we go through tough things, and I know that people go through tough things. It's just life. And I would encourage you that if you are going through tough things, seek prayer, seek support. You know, connect into to the church and, and get around believers, people who are faith people who will help you with that, who will speak faith into your circumstances, speak victory and pray for you. Prayer is so powerful. Do you understand how powerful prayer is? And you know what? When we open up the front here, for prayer, it, we should be running up here when the anointing's here for prayer. And you know, I heard something this week and it was Joyce Meyer. She's my absolute. I listen to her every day. She's incredible. 
She said, if you won't take a stand in church, there's a good chance you won't take a stand out there. Oh, that's, that's quite um, profound, isn't it? Really? So when God is offering his anointing at the end of a message or... And the, and the front's opened up for prayer. Take the opportunity. We're not here to judge each other. We're here to support each other and love each other. And there's a good chance if you come up for prayer and you're going through something, then others will come around you and pray with you and support you. You don't have to tell people what it is. I'm a very private person too, I get it. I don't like people knowing everything about what's going on. But that's not what the front is about. It's just about prayer. Prayer for you, for your circumstances. It's not about finding out what's going on. And that is directly from the Holy Spirit because I had, I'd had no plans to talk about that. I've just been prompted to talk about that now. Take the opportunity for prayer because it is so powerful. Step out in your faith. Grow your faith. Read the word. Study the word. Get around other believers who will strengthen you in that. Because like attracts like, and we become who we spend the most time with, amen? Who are you spending time with? Unbelievers? Believers? People who are on the fence? Trust me, you're being influenced by people around you. You might say, oh no, no, I'm not influenced by that. You are. So that's something we need to be very careful of and mindful of. Who are we spending our time with? Who's getting the majority of me? Is it God? Or is it man? And unbelieving men? It's just something to think about. Okay. Well, that was quite a lot. I really hope, actually, I don't, hope, I don't have to hope. I know that there's quite a few of you in here that needed to hear that today. And I would encourage you to not only take the scripture and study it out for yourself but to come down the front for prayer come down and let God move on your circumstances yes he can move where you're at I, yes that's right but there's an anointing when you step out it's not the fact that it's the front here it's the fact you've, st you've stepped out you're moving out towards God you're allowing yourself to be a little bit vulnerable before God by stepping forward and asking for prayer and that's okay because you're in a safe place Okay, so as we finish this morning, I'm going to pray, but the front will be open for prayer and I'm going to ask Pastor Neil to come up and help me with this because I really believe there's a good number of people that need prayer for something they're going through. Again, it's not a coincidence that this message was for this morning. It's about faith. It's got nothing to do with me. It's the message. And the message was about believing for big things, having big faith. So I encourage you to really step into that a bit more. God will meet you where you're at. You step towards him, he'll step towards you because we have free will. He, yes, he can do things just like that, but he needs you to take a step towards through faith. Let's not be the Christians that don't please him without faith or be one of the five foolish virgins who didn't keep their lamps full of oil, didn't keep their spirits full of the word, didn't keep themselves pressing into God enough. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. Do you want to be caught? 
when he comes back and not, not be full, not be ready? Oh, no, I don't. That's enough for me. So let's encourage each other, lift each other up and be ready. Let's be the Christians God's called us to be, and that includes faithful Christians, people who don't look at our circumstances, that just trust God. How amazing would that be? Oh, no, that's all right. I'm not going to worry about that. God's got it. You know, you might be about to lose your house. Is it that easy to say that? No. You're looking at your circumstances and panicking and in anxiety and wondering, how am I going to, how are we going to keep this? How are we going to make it happen? But you know, God can do something if you'll let him. And he can't, he can't do it if we keep taking back by being anxious and trying to work things out ourselves. It doesn't work that way. But that's how we as humans default to, is our struggle is, no, I need to fix this myself. Particularly those of us who are control freaks. Any of you out there? (laughs) That you want to try and fix it yourself. No. Let's be better at trusting God. Let's be better at letting him be the one to be our vindicator and our redeemer. Okay, let's pray. Oh, Father, we just thank you for this incredibly powerful word that you've brought for us this morning. Father, I just pray that from this today, we learn to be better with our faith. We learn to come to you when things are tough. And even when things are good, we praise you when things are good, but also praise you when things aren't so good. And I just pray that you help us get better in that, Father. Let us be faith people Let people know Cornerstone is a church of faith, a church of breakthrough. Things happen here. And Lord, I just pray for those who needed this word this morning. I pray they will come forward for prayer and they will receive the anointing you have for them here. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We glorify you. We know we are nothing without you.